Amen. He certainly has been our strength during this time, hasn't he? We've all needed him during this time. Our scripture reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Luke, chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it'll all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. Word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the privilege of being in your house, of worshiping your name, of being together as the body of Christ. We ask now, O Lord, that you will speak to us through this word as it is proclaimed. We simply ask that you will open our hearts and our minds and our understanding to receive it. And we ask, O Lord, that this word will grow deep into our minds and our spirits, and we will apply it to our lives every day. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Temptation. One of my favorite memes says, me has it. Because I think everybody knows temptation of some kind or another, right? If you don't, just arrive before 10 next week and go by the front area right there called Holy Grounds. And you will experience temptation when you see all the donuts and the coffee. It'll come to you. We all know about temptation, right? We know what it is, especially when it happens all of a sudden and we get this craving, this desire to, to have something or to do something. And a lot of times it happens around food because food is so tempting, right? I mean, you see something that looks really yummy and you just... You want to eat it, you know? There's no way about it. You want to have it right now, right then. But temptation can actually come in a variety of forms. There's temptation that is subtle and builds up over time in our lives. Little little inklings of, of desire 
or greed. Things that begin to creep from inside of us and, and keep growing over time. And if left unchecked, lead us to sin. In our scripture today, we learn that Jesus himself was tempted. That Jesus, who was the Son of God in the flesh, experienced temptation. And we are told exactly how he dealt with it. But in order to get into the story, we have to set the stage. We have to remind you of where we are in Jesus' life at this point of his journey. Because Jesus had just come from the River Jordan. He went there to be baptized by John the Baptist. And when he was baptized, the scripture says that the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. A voice was heard that said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. The words came to confirm Jesus' identity, to initiate his ministry. We have to remember that before this, Jesus was the son of a carpenter from Nazareth who had not been seen or heard of in the big stage of society. You know, we talked about waiting with the kids. Can you imagine knowing that you are the savior of the world? And having to wait for the right time to make yourself known because God has everything planned. Jesus had to live his first 30 years of life not getting known, not going out there and, and doing incredible miracles, not displaying his power and his glory that he had from before he was born. And so the baptism in the Jordan was a key pivotal moment because at that point, it was the initiation of that ministry that was public that everybody could see. From here on out, things would be different. And the scripture says that when he returned from the Jordan, he was full of the Holy Spirit. That God's Spirit was completely in him and he was just ready to go. You know how we were this morning? Ready to go. I'm glad I'm here. That's how he was. He was ready to go. But as he's getting ready to go, the Spirit says, we got something to do first. The Spirit leads him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Forty days with no food, being tempted by the devil. Now, this is where the Greek is important because the word used here for tempted is the present participle of the word. What that means is that Jesus didn't go to the wilderness to be tempted after 40 days. He went there to be tempted through the 40 days. What that means is that from day one, the devil was on him to tempt him. He was there to whisper in his ear and to try to trick him. He was there from day one as he began his fast and he began his time in that wilderness. And he was being tempted for a whole 40 days without the devil letting up. How many of us would withstand 40 days of just the devil being right there on us? Boom, 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 the whole time. That's a lot, isn't it? Think about it, 40 days on you at all times, 
Most of us have a hard time resisting temptation in 15 minutes. Maybe 20. How many of us struggled with the bed this morning because we were so used to staying in bed? Yeah, some of you are being honest and raising your hands back there. You know? Some of us struggle with temptation in short spurts. Just imagine 40 days of it continuously as you are not eating and you are fasting. This is what Jesus faced. And Luke tells us in his gospel, I'm not going to tell you all the temptations that Jesus had during 40 days. We would be here forever. Let me tell you about the last three. And so what we have in the Gospel of Luke is actually the last three temptations that the devil threw at Jesus as he completed those 40 days of fasting. Let's take them one at a time because each one of them teaches us something new. The first one is, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. If you are, if you happen to be the Son of God. It's a conditional statement, right? Trying to tell Jesus, why don't you prove it to me? You say you're the son of God. Turn this, this stone into a loaf of bread. The devil was questioning Jesus' identity, which he had just had confirmed at his baptism. God had just confirmed him as his son. And yet the devil is saying, if you are the son of God, Turn this stone into bread. Basically, the devil was saying, prove it. Show me. Now, for those of us who know about Jesus' ministry, we know that changing a, a stone to bread would have been nothing for Jesus to do. Am I right? I mean, it would have been nothing. I mean, we're talking about the guy who raised the dead, who walked on water, the guy who turned water into wine, the guy who cured leprosy. I mean, stone to bread? That's like nothing. That would have been so easy, he wouldn't have even had to lift a finger. I think he could have just gone, bread, poof, done. It would have taken no amount of effort on his part to do something this miraculous. But he didn't need to do it. Why not? Because let me tell you something, we don't have to prove anything to the devil. Jesus did not have to prove to the devil who he was. And you don't have to prove to the devil who you are. You are a child of God by faith in Jesus Christ, and you don't have to prove that to him. That is your God-given identity in Christ when you come to faith in him. The devil wanted him to use his power for his own good so that he could eat something. And you know, if we learn anything about Jesus, it's that he always used his power for what? To bless others, to provide for others, to expand the kingdom of God, to promote faith, never for his own good. It would have been a selfish act on his part had he turned that bread, that stone into bread. Jesus would have probably turned the stone into bread if somebody else was there with him and they were starving. I think he would have. Not because the devil asked him to, but because this person needed it. And his power was always used to bless others. But he didn't need to do it. 
because it would have been selfish. And so Jesus responded to him, one does not live by bread alone. He said, it is written. Haven't you read the book? You know, this is one of the things that we have to remember about temptation. It's an open book test every single time. But we got to remember to open the book. We got to remember to know the word and to be in the word. Jesus quoted scripture to the devil, and he didn't even address the question of if he was the son of God. He didn't even bother with that. He just said, I need more than just bread to live. What I need is God. You know, you can have all the bread in the world, and if you don't have Jesus, you're dead as a doornail. Because without Jesus, we don't have life. And so he was basically saying, I need more than just bread. I need God. I need God who provides the bread. I need God who has promised to sustain me. I need God who is my strength. I need God who is my provider. I need God who is my father. I need God who is the creator of the universe. That's what I need in my life. And it is written, you better go read the book. It's all in there. You see, Jesus knew that the devil likes to twist things around, and so he, he wanted to quote him straight from Scripture. Jesus did not need to prove anything to him, and you don't have to prove anything to him either. Know who you are in Christ, and know that God loves you and wants you to be his. The second temptation, second to last temptation, is to you... He showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and he said to him, To you I will give their glory and all their authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will do just this little thing for me, worship me, and it will all be yours. This is where the devil sounds like a bad car salesman. He tries to make a bad deal sound good. You ever had that experience trying to buy a car? Oh, yeah, I mean, this is great. <laughs> and you know it's bad. But they make it sound so good, right? And here's the thing about, about these kind of deals. When you try to get one of these deals, there's always the fine print. You know about the fine print? It's the strings attached to the deal. It's the stuff that they don't tell you about when they're trying to sell you, right? And when the devil offers us any kind of deal, you better believe that there's always strings attached. There's always something that he wants from us that is not good. And the result is always bad if we take the deal. But it's so tempting. He makes it sound so good. Come on, just a little thing. Bow down. And worship me, it's all yours. Here's the other crazy thing. When the devil tempts you, oftentimes he offers you something that's already yours. What is up with that? Jesus was already Lord of all. Through him and on him was all of creation. Everything was sustained by him. And here's the devil saying, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all authority and all glory. Did he not already have all that? He already had all that. The devil was offering him something that he already had. And in order to receive it, to receive it, which he already had it, 
All he had to do was break one of the top ten, have another God before God by worshiping the devil. And you might say, I'd never take that deal. But how many times have we worshiped something other than God? Or tried to love something more than God? And it might be a really good thing and we still put it before God. It can be family. It can be your job. It can be your prestige. It can be your position. So many things that we tend to fall in love with, and sometimes we let them slide into that top position, and we have just committed that sin of replacing God with something else. Temptation is there all the time to do this. But Jesus knew better he responded, it is written again, open book. Take the book, open it up, read it, open book. Jesus responded, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Notice that Jesus links worship and service together. Worship and service. We worship God because of who he is and what he has done for us. And we serve him out of love and thanksgiving for what he's already promised us in Jesus Christ. They go together though. It's not one or the other. It's not just serve and it's not just worship. It's worship and serve. And then there's the key word at the end, only God. If you find yourself worshiping and serving other things, clearly you've given in to the temptation. The devil always tries to appeal to our desire to have things right now instead of having them later. He always wants us to uh, kind of jump the gun and cut corners. Do you know that that's why people steal? And that's why people lie? That's why people deceive. They're trying to cut corners to get something, to obtain something. He wanted Jesus to basically cut corners. He was basically trying to tempt Jesus. He's like, you know, you want glory? You want authority? I can give it to you. You don't have to go to that cross. You don't have to die for them. Let's just skip all that. Just little bow right here, and we'll give you all of that glory. Sometimes... It's hard to take the difficult road. But Jesus was not willing to compromise his faith and his trust in God the Father and the plan. It's hard to wait. It's just hard to wait. If you don't believe it, just go to any, any, any place and watch the men sitting in the benches waiting for their wives. It's a constant pain. We don't like to wait, but it's even harder when we have to wait on the Lord because God's time is not our time. I got to tell you, I've been waiting for this day for two years, and it's been hard waiting on the Lord for this day to arrive. But I believe that he had it planned from the beginning isn't that how he says it? It knows the beginning from the end. Before 
we even knew we were going to go through these two years, God was already planning for this service and for you to be here. How awesome is that? How incredible is that? Now let's compare Jesus' way of dealing with temptation to our way of dealing with temptation. Adam and Eve were in the garden, had everything that they needed, had all their needs provided, every single possible fruit and, and food they could ever desire, had no care in the world, walked with God every day. Serpent said, you can have more. And there we go. We fall. Jesus, in the wilderness, fasting for 40 days, the scripture says, famished, in our words, hangry, and yet, he is able to resist the temptation to have what he needs right now, at the moment, instantly. Like we want everything. The irony of the temptation is that the devil gives us such a raw deal, and we take it so often. And accept it. Such a bad deal. And so often, we go ahead and take it. Well, the last temptation, he took them to the pinnacle of the temple in Jerusalem, the holy city. And he told them, hey, you know, why don't you just throw yourself down from here? Because you like to quote, it is written. Well, let me give you a, a verse here. Um, if you throw yourself, he will command his angels to bear you up so you will not dash your foot against the stone. He's going to save you. Just, just jump. Just jump. I mean, if you're the son of God, angels will come in the moment, pick you up. You won't hit the ground. There's nothing in Scripture that says that God's going to save us if we become reckless. Nothing in Scripture that says God will save us if we become reckless. The devil was trying to tempt Jesus to make a decision that would be contrary to God's instructions in Scripture that we are to take care of this temple because this is the temple of the Holy Spirit and God dwells in it. How many times does the devil try to tempt us in this way? If you're really a man, jump from the, from the roof. You won't hurt yourself. It'll be fine. If you're really a man, go do this. Or if you're, really, if you're really who you say you are, go do that. And he tempts us with things, and he tries to dare us almost to do the wrong things. And we know in our being that it's wrong, but we end up with a cast because we jump. How many times do we take the bad deal? This last temptation of Jesus again had the word if. If you're the son of God. Again, questioning the identity. Prove yourself. Prove that you believe that God will save you. We don't have to prove anything to the enemy ever, ever. We need to know who we are in Christ. Jesus responded, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. You know, there's a lesson here. Don't go dig yourself a bigger hole in sin so that God could give you more grace. 
That's kind of how Paul put it. Don't sin so that grace abounds. That's not how it works. Don't seek more trouble so that you can see more grace in your life. That's not how it works. Contrary to that, God calls us to a holy life, to a righteous life, following the example of Jesus. And Jesus, in this story, resisted temptation at every step of the way and did not give in. Whatever it is that the devil is tempting you with, learn to quote Scripture to him. Don't put the Lord to the test. Learn to know your scripture so that when he comes to twist those words, you don't just understand the words, but you understand what they mean. Because that's the other thing. The devil can quote scripture with the best of them. If you don't know what the words mean, he'll trick you anyway. The scripture says, with that the devil had finished every test, and he departed from him until an opportune time. Do you know what that tells me? And this is something that really kind of smacked me in the face this morning. This was not the last time Jesus was tempted. The devil continued to tempt him throughout his life. The devil would come to him probably and say, that Peter's a hothead, let him go. He's giving you too much trouble. He probably came to him and said, you know, these crowds are getting really annoying. Don't you just want to stop talking to crowds? The devil probably tempted him right up to the cross as he's going there. He's saying, you really don't want to go there. This is going to hurt. This is going to be painful. This is going to be agonizing. Turn back. My, my previous deal still stands. I'll give you all the glory and all the authority. Scripture says the devil left him unto an opportune time, which means the devil always leaves, but he always comes back looking for an opportunity to tempt us. And what that means is we have to be ready for the test. And I'm going to tell you something. If I told you right now there's going to be a test next week on the Scripture, you go home and you read it and study it, hopefully. Why? Because you know there's going to be a test. Well, I'm telling you right now, you're going to be tempted in your life. And I'm telling you to go get ready for it. Go prepare for it because the enemy will come at an opportune time, not for you, but for him. At that time when you're famished, at that time when you're tired, at that time when you think you can't take it anymore, at that time when you think life is not worth living, at that time when you feel there's no hope, that's when he's going to come. And if you don't know the word of God that tells you that Jesus is life, that there's always hope in God, and that there's eternal life for each one of us who believes in him, then you're going to be in trouble when the test comes. I pray that when temptation comes, each one of us can remember how Jesus dealt with it, and we can do the same. Resist temptation. And the devil will keep fleeing from you over and over and over again. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you because you do give us your word so that we could resist temptation in our lives. But, oh Lord, you know that it is hard. 
You know that it is difficult. You know from firsthand experience how the devil comes at us from all angles with all kinds of things. Lord, during these two years of COVID and all the things that we've gone through, we know, oh Lord, that there's been many temptations in our lives. Temptations to, to tune out the services. Temptations to get isolated from you and from others. Temptations, oh Lord, to not be in the word. Help us during this Lent season to recommit ourselves to be in your word. To take seriously this challenge of reading the Psalms through Lent. To take seriously the time, O oh Lord, to be close to you as Jesus was close to you during those 40 days in the wilderness. Help us, Lord, to seek your face during this time. So that when the test comes, Lord, we will be able to resist the devil. And he will have to flee from us. We pray this in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. <laughs>